Well, welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. And first, I want to say a quick thank you to all of our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. I am Andy George, your host today, and I am accompanied by the one and the only, the fantastic, the amazing, the (laughs) wonderful, the unparalleled, unprecedented (laughs) Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. You glad to be back? I am so very glad to be back in person. I know. It's been a a weird couple of months. It's been a bizarre few months. So for those of you listening Mm. to the Truth Network right now here in Raleigh, as you know, we've been in a kind of a weird two, (laughs) three month kind of phases and stay at home and phases and uh, and it's affected everything it's affected church world it's affected i'm sure people listen right now Mm. you know there's probably people right now Mm. that are like teachers are amazing because now Mm -hmm. i have to teach my kids Mm -hmm. you're doing that i'm I'm teaching my kids you're doing that learning how is that going you know my boys have actually rallied behind that better than i thought they would i'm kind of impressed good yeah they're they're pretty i kind of thought they'd fight me on it like mom this isn't real school do i really have to do it and they tried that a little bit but then they really just kind of get to it every morning and get it done well that's good i know i know my my son who's 21 we you know parker we picked him up early from college and had to bring him home and so he all his college classes were online he actually finished remarkably well at home did he like remarkably well oh good like grade wise i mean just knocked it out of the park much much better than when he was at college now obviously you know you're in college you got lots of distractions in college yeah. College students are distracted, yeah. not with necessarily bad stuff, just there's just yeah. distractions everywhere. Yeah, and my know? kids struggle with focusing too. So I actually think they've done better at home than they would have too. Yeah. So blessing. Uh, but, but it's a little stressful. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's it a, is. It's, it's a, a little stress. It is a lot. Yeah. And think about it. I mean, right now there's people listening. I mean, you're when your kids are older, my kids are older than yours. They're 21 right. and 16. They're very right. self-sufficient. They yeah. can just stay home. Yeah. You know, my daughter, who is a finishing up her sophomore year, totally self-sufficient. I right. mean, I barely have to check in on her. Right. But wow, what a life change it's been for people, especially with Toddlers, younger kids. Yeah. Preschoolers, I know. Work, and now yeah. there's no preschool and yeah. elementary school. So, yeah. you know, it's all that to say, I'm looking forward to getting back to some sort of normal. It's Me probably going to be a little different. Maybe a little different. But- Hey, I'm not home right but, now. <laughs> I got, that's right. I'm not home. We got. We are actually we're in the office. Human being. We're with other. Pe- I know. So we 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 record this at our church, Crosswoods Fellowship, here yep. in Raleigh. Yep. And it has been so good to see people back. Oh my gosh. At the office. It's oh, making me so happy. It is. I know. I needed I, it. I need people around me. I do too. And uh, do too. I've been coming in for a little while and. You know, we had a big building here, and so I'll yeah. come in and walk around the building, and I'll see like two people. It's so quiet. It is. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad to see life coming life. back, and it really is. And uh, very excited about that, and uh, just excited about where we are right now, and excited about the conversation today. I know, I know. And actually, I was wondering if you could tell me about this. You had a pretty powerful sermon that you preached this past weekend on prayer. Can we talk about that some more? Yeah. You know, we preached out of Second Chronicles seven fourteen, which. You know, I've been so encouraged to see a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, a lot of organizations rallying around Second Chronicles seven yeah. fourteen over this coronavirus. In fact, there's been like a seventeen a or seven fourteen movement basically, yeah. where people are praying seven fourteen in the morning, seven fourteen at night, and that verse though is coming out of uh, a very interesting 
you know, God is speaking and saying, when I close up heaven, you know, when there's fan, when there's a, um, a drought, when I send insects, locusts to devour the land, and when I send pestilence, disease, if my people at that point will call my name, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's very interesting. It's a very interesting, timely passage um, that yeah. right now we're facing a pandemic, we're facing a disease, and whether your theology says God allowed that or God sent that or you know, whatever, we're dealing with it. Right. And so we have to deal with it. But at the same time, we got to deal with it, trusting that God's not caught off guard by it, that God's still in charge by it, that, right. you know, that he's still actively part of it. And so as we break that verse down, it first starts off by, if my people call by my name. Mm-hmm. And so that's all about identity, right? It's all about you and I are called by God's name. We're adopted into his family. And I think it's fascinating when you think about the word adoption in scripture, the weight behind it. I mean, not too much different than what it is today, but especially in biblical times, when you are adopted into a family, it means you have full rights as a natural born child into that family. And here you and I are, you know, we're adopted into the family of God. So we are called his people, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's where it starts. If my people who are called by my name, and then it breaks it down. If we humble ourselves, if we pray, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wicked ways, those four areas is what we really dialed in on. Yeah. So let's talk about the first part, right? If my people are called by my name, uh, we'll humble ourselves. So it's humility. But one of the things that humility does, Jamie, is it puts us in the right posture before God. So it's not false humility. It's not ego. It's not even thinking of yourself less, right? Or, you know, I think a lot of people think humble, I got to think of myself not as good or not mm-hmm. as important. It really is about thinking more about God and more highly about God than yourself, right? right. That's that's kind of what humility is. But how many times do you know somebody that's like false humble? Oh, yeah. You know? False humility. You give somebody a good compliment, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not me. You know, I'm right. not uh, almost begging for it. So right. humility is so key because you can't have a seeking attitude or a right prayer for posture unless you're humble. Yeah. So it starts with, if my people call me, will humble themselves and then pray. Prayer is an expectation. I think that is so key. Prayer is not just a last-ditch effort. Prayer is not just something we do when we have extra time and we just feel like it. Prayer really is expected. God expects us to pray. He welcomes us to pray. Uh, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. You know, he, He's begging us, inviting us to ask and seek and knock and go after him. So I think our prayer life is so powerful. But I mean, think about this. Think about why Why do you think, I'll ask you this question, <laughs> okay. see if you're paying attention. Okay. Why do you think people don't pray? Oh. Why do you think people don't pray? Oh. I think that's important that's to recognize, right? Yeah. Well, what about you? Why it's why it's sometimes don't you pray? Would I not pray? Yeah. Um, I mean... I, I don't know that I've ever chosen not to pray, but right. I do. I guess I do sometimes think God may not choose. His answer may be no. Uh-huh. No is an answer yep. that he may give. And so he may choose not to answer that prayer yeah. this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so therefore. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said in the beginning, I love how you, I even love how you kind of struggle with that because. What you said is like you didn't you don't really willingly not pray, mm-hmm. but let's face it, you don't pray all day, mm-hmm. right? Right, and right. maybe well maybe you do. You are <laughs> wonderful and amazing, but I know that we're supposed to pray continuously, right? right? And there's all yeah. these verses about prayer, but I think a lot of times what you just said, people one 
don't think God's going to answer the prayer, so why bother? Right. Or God already knows all the answers, so right. why bother? Right. Or God's not going to hear me, or I'm not good enough, right. or I don't have time. Right? All these reasons really interfere our prayer life. And so it goes from humbling ourselves to praying, and I love the next seeking his face. Mm-hmm. I heard a statement the other day, and I love this one so much, that perhaps we are not hungry for God because we are filling up on the junk of the world. Mm-hmm. I love that is so true. Oh my goodness. I mean, I can't tell you how many times where we've had a meal plan for dinner and it was like a phenomenal, like one of my favorite meals is like steak, asparagus with bacon wrapped <laughs> around it and, uh, and, and like a, a potato. Yeah. But if I have a big lunch or like a mm. snack or even like a, you know, something between lunch and dinner, I get, I get, I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Cause now I'm not hungry for this incredible yeah. meal. I think that happens spiritually all the time. I, I think too. people spiritually, we are filling up on junk, and because we fill up on junk, we don't have any room for the good things of God. So it's about seeking His face, having a hunger to seek after Him. And then the rest of it speaks about repentance. If we turn from our wicked ways, mm-hmm. uh, that's a big part of it. So it's not just recognizing that, oh, well, I guess, yeah, God's there and I got to pray, and it's not even recognizing that, uh, that, that I need a hunger for Him. But it really does come down to repenting and turning from our wicked ways. And so I think it was a very timely message, Jamie. I think that the result of that prayer is what God says it is. He says that he'll hear and he'll heal our land. Mm-hmm. And I really do hope that we rally around that, you know, truthfully. And, um, you know, at Crosses, we've been in this year of transformation. Yep. And we've been reading through the Bible, and we're trying to stay on course, even yeah. in the midst of everything. But I think that it's a pretty important conversation to have when it comes to our spiritual life, like our spiritual well-being. And I'm excited that we're going to be interviewing Richard Corey from NRCA, uh, Kingdom Education. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Yeah, absolutely. This was such a good conversation. I almost forgot that we've got this great interview to get to. (laughs) Yes. So let's do it. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. And then we are going to interview Richard Corey from North Raleigh Christian Academy. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net. Hey, welcome back from the break. We are here with our special guest on the program today, Mr. Richard Corey from NRCA. Thank you so much for joining us today, Richard. Well, thanks for having me on, Andy. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Richard, why don't you start off and tell us, first of all, your role, particular role at NRCA, North Raleigh Christian Academy. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Uh, I'm an accountant by trade, but uh, I am actually the director of finance and operations, which uh, what that really says is every day is different for me. I'm wearing different hats. If I get tired of the finance side, I can surely deal with the operations side. We've got a large campus here, so a lot of things going on with facilities that are constantly having to deal with in addition to try and manage the finance of the school. Position that I love, one that God's gifted me for, that I am just thrilled to be able to be here and to be able to serve in this. Absolutely. And so you talk about your campus. So real quickly, and I'm going to throw you a a question. I'm I'm thinking you'll be able to answer this one. Sure. How many square feet is NRCA? We are 210,000 square feet under roof with over 60 acres. Uh, We have three different gyms, an indoor pool, a full football field with a rubberized track, baseball, softball field, soccer center, 
about 600 parking spots, uh, 550 seat fine art center, you name it. I think we more or less have it. And how many outlets do you have now? <laughs> <laughs> You're there rattling up all the servers. How many switches do you have? Yeah, it is a beautiful. I remember when I first came here uh, a little over 15 years ago. In fact, here's a funny story, Richard. I don't even know if you knew this or not. So I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something to you that you probably oh. don't know. So when I came to Raleigh 15 years ago as a youth pastor, I went to NRCA to visit probably one of my first weeks here, and I accidentally parked in your parking spot. <laughs> And, and I got it in says trouble. Business manager, yeah. how can you accidentally I, park I, in it? I don't know. I think I just kind of whipped in, and I didn't. I was I was new to Raleigh, new to the school. I didn't know anything. I was going to see students, and I got chewed out by some maintenance person on the campus. Whoa. Do you know whose parking spot that is? I'm like, no, I don't. And then later I find out. Oh yeah, I know who that is. So my apologies. 15 years in the making, uh, right there. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being gracious to forgive me for that. So Richard, NRCA uh, in the Raleigh area is obviously really well known. Uh, but for people who might not know what NRCA is all about, could you just share a little bit of the mission and the vision of NRCA? Sure. We uh, Our mission, as we state, is North Raleigh is a community Christian school assisting families by providing excellence in three areas, academic, fine arts, and athletics while instilling biblical principles in students' lives that they might impact society for Christ. The real issue is academics, obviously, is a big issue from a school side. But to have a true, well-rounded student, there will be other areas where God has gifted them, whether it be athletics, whether it be in fine arts. So we see that all three of those are very important in our mission. Absolutely. What a powerful, powerful mission. And, and, and how, give me maybe one or two ways that you see that in real life. Now, obviously, right now, at the time of this recording, schools are all <laughs> closed down. So, uh, so you're not seeing that happen. But on any given day, how do you see that mission and vision just in operation in real time? Well, it's always interesting when you're looking, obviously, the academic side, and we look at our uh, vast majority of our students obviously going to college. We are a very strong college preparatory uh, school. Uh, many of our students receive quite a bit of money in the way of scholarships. Uh, we have a number of students who uh, we have signings every single year where they're going on to play in athletics. Also have many of the others that are going into fine arts school that ultimately go in to become uh, actor, actresses, um, taking their voice that God's given them and singing, doing things. So we see all of those hitting everywhere. But in addition to that, their impact on society. Many of our students will go on to uh, Christian colleges uh, and universities. Some will not. But we're, what's really one of the things that I really love best is seeing those students actually come back. We've got a number of our alumni coming back and teaching for us. Oh, that's wonderful. And Which is kind of hard when you're wandering around and what's that kid doing wandering down the hall? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's OTM. She teaches for us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, what a great it, it testimony a little... that is though, that students would want to return to teach at their school. I mean, that's, yeah. that says something powerful about you, about you all. It is. And again, you know, we're not perfect. We do a lot of things well and, you know, kids will make decisions that sometimes they shouldn't, but the reality is we always try and follow through with our vision and always try and follow through of just, Again, how would God treat this? How do we do? You know, we'll hold kids accountable to what we need to. But the reality is 
We're just trying to grow them up in the Lord. Wait, you mean that teenagers and kids are the same everywhere? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how that happens. (laughs) Funny how that happens. It's always funny when I travel, you know, on mission trips or whatever, you really do realize that kids are kids. And teenagers, teenagers, they deal with yeah. the same pressures and the same issues. You know, how they respond is a lot to do with their upbringing. And, you know, you all are part of that, um, helping them understand how to be a young man, young woman in Christ and how to live that out in society. Hey, Richard, and what I- we hope is I mean, we're preparing our kids academically, yeah, but we're also preparing them spiritually because at the end of the day, both of those, they will take out and ultimately, right. how are they going to impact our society? Yep. And obviously they're going to go out into the workforce, but my side is if they've got that spiritual content, they're going to impact their society for Christ and Absolutely. really what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, cool. Richard, I have a question. I understand that uh, NRC has a pretty cool history. Can you share that with us? Jamie, I couldn't hear that. If you can speak up a little more, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Um, from what I understand, NRCA has a pretty um, neat history. Are you able to speak into that for us? Still can't hear. I hear her and then she falls off the end. Why don't you repeat it, Andy? I I got you on the recording so I can add that in there. Uh, So what she was asking is about the history of NRCA. Okay. Yeah. um, NRCA is very interesting. We were uh, originally done as a community Christian school. And what does that mean? Many of your Christian schools are a church-based school. They are ultimately a, a ministry of a church. When uh, our founder and a a number of uh, men came to our founder and looking at him to start a community Christian school, they wanted a school that will represent multiple churches throughout the triangle and not be tied to any one church. We have over 160 churches represented within our student body. We have over six, we have six pastors from different churches that serve on our uh, board of governors. Um, but that was part of that process is trying to do that. But what had happened is our uh, founder had been involved in another school and uh, ultimately stepped down for the leadership of that school and deciding, trying to decide what he was going to do. He was approached, uh, this was April of um, 1996, of um, they wanted him to begin a community Christian school. So he went out and started putting that together. They were going to give him, ultimately, pain for the next year to prepare that. About 30 days later, so this is May, they came back to him and felt that God was leading them to do it the very next year in <laughs> August. So wow. they needed to find a place to meet, put it together, get enough teachers and students to be able to come through and do that. Um, ultimately, we were able to, um, a lot of hard work, Put that together. They had their first uh, open house in June at uh, Mount Vernon, which is where the school was originally uh, located on Falls of the Noose Road. So that uh, the church agreed to host us. That happened very quickly. Uh, that first night, there was over 900 people in attendance, wow. and we enrolled over 270 <laughs> students that night. Wow! We opened up that first year with a little over 400 students. And it just blossomed from there. What was really neat is watching that happen. We filled that campus up, started kind of a spoken wheel where we uh, went to Open Door Baptist and used that as kind of a lower elementary school. And then we had a um, we had done a fundraising campaign and had bought the property here on Perry Creek Road. And so that had been paid for. But again, we were trying to raise money to do it. And it was right at the crash. 
uh, in <laughs> perfect time, time to raise course. money. Perfect yeah, time. Ne- never. Yeah. <laughs> so um, our head of school was contacted by a uh, foundation um, and asked to come out and make a presentation to the foundation. He went out and made that presentation um, and more or less talked about the small, we were going to build a piece of the facility because that's all the money we were going to be able to raise. And the foundation is going, no, we want to tell us about all of it. And Mm -hmm. he said, well, I can't finance all of it. A bank won't finance me. They finally looked and said, just assume I'm the bank. Mm -hmm. Let's go through. At the end of that, they had had a donor step up and ultimately through the foundation donate $30 million to build this facility. So we built at that time uh, 180,000 square feet, all of our uh, field space, everything else we have with no debt. Wow. And I mean, That's amazing. It's just, we can go amazing. through God's stories of that first year we're trying to open up and we need $90,000 for books. We don't have $90,000 back in 1976. And our head of school walks out to his mailbox, opens it up. And there's a check hmm. for exactly what we needed. Wow. For the How awesome. By is the that? way, from somebody who knew nothing about any yeah. of this. Yeah. Got to just direct them to make a gift to it. Jamie, can you imagine so, having $30 million to give to a school? <laughs> no. That wasn't you? That wasn't you? That was not Oh, me. okay. That's amazing. Was, that's that's absolutely now, amazing. Now, you know this, the, um, and again, part of the reason I went through the foundation so that the individual who did it was not known purposely. Right. So you're welcome. And ultimately, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, based on what we know, is uh, God had uh, wow. been a real blessing to him, mm-hmm. and he wanted to truthfully give back into something that would continue to give. That's absolutely amazing. And I love how, you know, how because it was in a recession, right? Worst yep. time to do something, yep. but maybe somebody forgot to tell God we were in a recession. Yep. And, uh, you know, I love how God just does that. And not only does he bless, but he does it in such a miraculous way. And so whoever you are, wherever you are, what a blessing that money has been for the last couple of decades, really, of just incredible, incredible education. So, Richard, uh, with our time remaining, I'd love to hear your and and NRCA's philosophy around the terminology kingdom education. And why is that so important? Well, really what you're looking at is you're, um, you're trying to build up a child in Christ is really what it comes down to. When you look at kingdom education, you're equipping a child to live a life characterized by love, trust, and obedience to Christ. That's ultimately when you look at definition of kingdom education. The ultimate goal is to nurture and discipline and have Christ as part of their life and that they can glorify God through that. But when you look at it, I always do it. It's a picture of a stool is the way we look at kingdom education. It's three-legged. Part of it is school. Part of it is the church. Part of it is home. Without all three of those in balance, just like any school, if one's shorter than the other, that stool's not going to hold together. So when you're really looking at kingdom education, we have one piece of it here at NRCA, but our families have another piece of that of what they do at home, as well as how the church is involved in that student's life and how they go through it. So I always just say, it's that stool that we look at because it's. A, I'm a picture guy. What can I say? No, that's a great. That's a great illustration. Great example. And and yeah, I mean that that's a and that and that principle fits really anywhere. That as Christians, it's not just one area. It's home life. It's your school life for kids. It's church life. It's. But what I love that NRC does is you all bring that together. It's not separated out. It's like, here's my school life. Here's my family life. Here's my spiritual life. It's it's unified together, which is very powerful. That's it. Very powerful. Ooh. 
when you figure with our students, we're trying to provide a spiritual formation for them. We are trying to do a, um, a worldview orientation because they aren't living in just this small mm. little world. It yeah. is a true world that they've got to be oriented to. Right. We're trying to um, educate them and look at how they think academically because ultimately they've got to take that out into the real world. And then ultimately it's developing skills yep. to be able to accomplish all of those. Because the problem, you know, the challenge is this is, okay, we're in a small Christian school here. Suddenly I go to a large public college. Right. You got to exactly. be able to yep. stand your ground. And from a yep. world uh, worldview orientation, yep. you know, you got to be able to defend your faith. Absolutely. And yeah, yep. we've had some who have brought back some great stories of how they have done that. Yep. We've had others that have come back with not so great stories where sure. they've been decimated by a college professor. <laughs> but again, they still stood up for what yep. they believe. That's fantastic. And Richard, how, how many students are at NRCA? We're a little over 1,400. We're about 1,415 plus or minus. I don't know. You know, yeah. we had them taking, you know, <laughs> right now and the way things are, who knows? Yeah. And that's K um, through 12, K through 12. It is a, it is a K four through 12. We K4. have a half day uh, uh, pre-K program and then kindergarten through 12th grade. Wonderful. And so Richard, one final thing I always want to give people the opportunity. How can people find out more information about NRCA uh, website, you know, any other direction sure. you want to give them? Our uh, NRCA is uh, com. It's got uh, a ton out there. It can go through our history. It'll tell you what we believe, who we are. And if you're interested in applying, the application process is out there. And even in today's world, we have a virtual parent information meeting that we can there take you, you through as well. Again, you got to get flexible in whatever you can do That's in right. this uh, <laughs> corona world. Yep. And so we're uh, we're making that work. But if they have questions, our director of admissions, um, Susan Dial, is always uh, willing to help and to answer whatever questions is necessary. Fantastic. Well, Richard Corey, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. And I'll pass our thanks along to everybody at NRCA for the commitment they are to kingdom education and really raising up that next generation to be, I love how you said to defend their faith and, and change our world. So thank you very much. Great. Yep. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit C3Advantage.net. That's C3Advantage.net.